welcome back for another season, another show. As we grab our boards and swim out into that ever-swelling sales pipeline with the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man of the future, Matt Hines. <laughs> How are we doing, Paul? <laughs> it's 2018. I'm trying to give you a big build-up here. Happy New Year. It's amazing. It's 2018. This is episode 99 wow. of Sales Pipeline Radio. We are on the precipice of triple-digit episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio. On the edge of big things happening. I can feel it. Well, big things have already been happening, Paul. It's uh, <laughs> we're you know day four of 2018. Uh, I hope everyone listening is off to a strong start to the new year. If you're listening to us live on the Sales Lead Management on the Funnel Media Network, uh, thanks very much for listening. If you're listening to this on the podcast, thank you very much for subscribing. You can check out every one of our episodes moving forward. You can subscribe at uh, Google Play and the iTunes Store, and every episode, past, present, future, available always at Sales Pipeline. Radio.com. We are featuring every week experts and uh, best practices in B2B sales and marketing, mostly featuring experts in the field who are doing the work, and today is no exception. I am really excited to feature today and to, for, to join us on Sales Pipeline Radio, Janice Spencer. She is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Sparkbug Media. She uh, is uh, a well-known person in the B2B marketing space. Speaker, a board member at Girls in Tech Phoenix, has just done a ton of great stuff. Jen, so, thanks so much for joining us here today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Oh, thanks for having me. This is awesome. So there, there literally are there are dozens of topics we can cover. We only have a finite amount of time, but we, we of course, need to start with a quick discussion of the Denver Broncos. The season has ended. Uh, the Broncos <laughs> maybe didn't have quite the season they wanted to. Um, they, it looks like they're going to retain their coach into next year. What's your feeling exiting this season and looking at 2018 for the for the Broncos? So, so just just so you know, about halfway through the season, uh, my entire household was basically wishing them to lose more games to improve <laughs> our draft picks <laughs> yeah. for the next season. So, you know, is it, is it rebuilding? I'm 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 hopeful. Hey, I've uh, I've I've helped start companies from scratch. So uh, I've seen I've seen things in in worse shape than the Broncos. Yeah, it's um, I mean as a as a as a Seahawks fan up here in Seattle, you know, first time missing the playoffs in like five years or so. Uh, you know, you would think you you would think that the that the sky was falling, right? And I think you look at other teams <laughs> yeah. like you know my dad's a diehard Bears fan, and like listen, clearly it could be worse, right? Um, but uh, hey, let's talk a little B two B sales and marketing. You are now running marketing at, at Smartbug Media. I know you guys get uh, significantly into into you know, inbound marketing, digital strategy. Tell me a little more about. I mean, you guys spend a lot of time talking about this concept of intelligent inbound. Uh, let's talk about what inbound marketing is and what you mean to differentiate that, or why you how you differentiate that in terms of intelligent inbound. Sure, I absolutely love to. So in most people think about inbound marketing, they think, all right, I'm going to write blogs, I'm going to conduct webinars, I'm going to put content that's out there that hopefully is aligned to a particular buyer persona that is within your ideal customer profile, and those people are going to be attracted to me, and then they're going to convert on my site, and they're going to become leads, and then we're going to close a lot of business, and, you know, beautiful, right? The thing is that that's that's great for attracting attracting visitors, but there's more that has to be done, um, and there's more that can be done to enhance that that entire process. And that's why we've established this term, intelligent inbound, because it's more than just doing the research and 
um, crafting a strategy to attract leads and to, and to nurture leads, it, it also involves the handoff between marketing and sales through sales enablement strategies to ensure that that new visitor that's coming into you has a, a good experience that's cohesive and consistent with how they've been interacting with you online. It, it could include ensuring that your website is not just designed beautifully, but that it's optimized for your particular buyer's journey. And, and one organization's buyer journey is going to be completely different from somebody else's. And so that's why, yeah, you might see, oh, hey, here's a great, you know, template that I can buy for a hundred bucks um, somewhere in, in a marketplace. It's going to look nice and I might get the job done, but it's not intelligent and it's not customized specifically for your business. Like in addition to that, I mean, public relations is completely changing uh, the way that, that, that it fits within inbound and we're just seeing a lot of really cool ways that we can layer PR with inbound marketing practices to to really help scale business and, and focus your energy in the, the right places that are actually generating leads and sales for you. So there's a period of time in B2B marketing. I feel like we go in these waves where, you know, we're looking for some kind of a silver bullet that's going to fix all of our problems. And there was a period of time, maybe four or five years ago, maybe a little longer, uh, when all of a sudden, you know, HubSpot really kind of created this inbound movement and everyone said, wow, we can we can create content, we can win the Google Wars, and we can just get all the right business to come from us. And it seemed like after a while there was, I don't know if it was a backlash, but then people started to say, well, this isn't working the way I want. I'm not getting the quantity or quality of leads that I want. And, you know, I know you've been a proponent in the past and you, you know, previously worked at a company called Allbound. And, and we I, I use that term a lot, not in terms of the company name, but just thinking about having the right mix of inbound and outbound. That there probably isn't a one-size-fits-all. Like, I like your your description of intelligent inbound, but I don't know many successful companies that are purely using one or the other. How how should most companies think about integrating sort of, you know, push versus pull marketing to hit their number? <clears throat> it's it's going to come down to that individual strategy for that company, right? So I was just talking to someone earlier today who – it needs to have a very account-based approach to his organization because he's identified there's a finite group of, of potential businesses that, that he's selling to, and he's competing, you know, for, for that attention. So you can leverage some of the inbound techniques, but apply also some account-based strategies that are allowing um, outbound to not to be just, you know, hey, let's grab a, a phone book and to start dialing, right? Like, let's actually be thoughtful about this and develop a list and then develop campaigns so we can we can reach out to those in, those individuals. But I think that the, the, the key is knowing, okay, who do you sell to, understanding your market fit, um, and what's going to be a best, you know, a, a best practice for one organization is not necessarily going to be a best practice for another, which is why even the term best practice is a little bit frustrating, <laughs> frustrating, honestly, right? So because it's just going to depend on that particular business, that sales cycle, how you sell, who you sell to, what, what, the, buyer, what the buyer cares about. The biggest thing is making sure that there's consistency and there's not an inbound approach, an outbound approach, an account-based marketing approach. It, it, there, it's not. It's one one plan. It's one plan, and you're going to use different tools, and you're going to pull different levers at different times in a buyer's journey and based off of your market, depending on what, what you need. 
Yeah, well, amen to that. I think, and I was going to ask the question next. You know, what's the what's the connective tissue between all these efforts? And I think that having a consistent message is really important. We did some research earlier this year around integrated marketing and found that the the integrated message across channels is a huge differentiator in driving marketing results versus working in silos. Even if you have great strategies in silos, when you can't leverage the effect across channels, it just doesn't work as well. We're talking to Jen Spencer today. She is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Smart Bug Media. I uh, want to talk also about the panel we were on at uh, Dreamforce just a couple of months ago. Uh, we were on the topic of revenue enablement for the entire go-to-market team. And I don't know who came up with this topic, but I, you know, I think we hear a lot about sales enablement. Uh, revenue enablement, does that move it in a different direction? Does that imply something different when you think about, and you, you talked about this a little before in terms of integrating not just the marketing efforts, but making sure that the marketing and sales handoff is done well. Uh, how important is sales and revenue enablement today, and where do you see that in, in the priority list for B2B marketers as we sort of accelerate into 2018? I think this idea of, of, of revenue and, and focusing on revenue enablement, it, it's meaning a lot to, especially to, to staff organizations or, or anyone really in this in a subscription type of economy because um, as buyers, we have more choices than we've, we've ever had before, right? So I am constantly inundated with messages and things that, that I might may want to buy and everything that I scroll through in my Instagram profile is like particularly chosen for me and what have you, right? So we have to be on the top of our game as, as far as that goes. And so it means making sure we're not just focusing our energies on top of funnel acquisition of leads, which is where the majority of organizations spend their dollars, both for you know marketing and sales. Um, it's making sure that sales, of course, is enabled effectively to communicate and collaborate with those those buyers that they understand them and they understand the journey that they've been on to get there. Right. So we want to make sure we have transparency between what marketing campaigns are occurring and what those individuals are consuming before that salesperson gets on the phone and talks to that, that individual. But, but, but further than that, your customer success team or client services team that's ultimately going to be working with that, that customer, that person needs to be enabled and supported as well. So it, they can't just be this kind of like catch all, one size fits all for everybody in the entire, that entire ecosystem. So that's going to be important for creating evangelism, helping spread great word of mouth for um, for your, your company and for your product, serving as a referral base for you, serving as a reference base for you, and then keeping them as ongoing customers. And that even then extends into your product development team. You know, it, when, as, your, as your organization is expanding on its offerings, how are you – how are you implementing feedback that's coming in all throughout the entire customer lifecycle journey and not just creating something in a vacuum and then hoping that it's going to meet the need of one of your customers? So let's, let's dig into that just a little bit because I think, you know, a lot of companies are, are sort of realizing, you know, the impact sales enablement can have, realizing that it, it could be a very strong marketing function. Um, and, and I think a lot of companies are saying, wow, this all sounds great. It sounds like a great thing. How do you operationalize this or how do you even start to operationalize this? I think a lot of marketers are struggling to get some momentum with the team and to get even their feet on the ground coordinated with the sales organization on some of the key elements of sales enablement, what have you seen work well in the market? Like, what are companies doing that are getting them to step one of sales enablement execution? I think 
and to get people to, to kind of step one of, of sales enablement execution and, and being, having everyone be on board is to take a customer-centric approach to your business. And, and you really have to do it. You can't just say you're doing it and then go about your business and do everything the way you've always done it. You have to, you have to start there. So there's far too many organizations we see where the, the concept of like a buyer persona or that ideal customer profile where that, that lives and dies within the mark, walls of the marketing department. So that, that needs to not happen. There needs to be the voice of the customer in organizations. And some companies are literally doing that. I've seen organizations who actually have an employee on staff whose job is to solely be the voice of the customer in meetings. And, and, and so people are going to link such as that to ensure that um, that that's the beginning of, of, of everything that you do, and it's the, the North Star that we we're focusing on. Um, you know, so that's, that's one thing, but I think that marketing teams who feel like, wait, you know, how do I, how do I actually get some momentum going? How do, what do I do? I think what they need to do is be humanizing their personas, be openly talking about their, their personas. I mean, I, I had a really great opportunity in at, at all bounds specifically because we were new, we were young, and I could come in and say, "Okay, our personas are Sean. He's this is who Sean is. He's the VP of Sales. Abby, she's a partner program manager. This is what she cares about." And, and I was able to to talk about these individuals, and I got their names and their personalities ingrained in the product team, in the customer success team, in the executive team. So we were talking about these people as if they were actually there with us. If you're in a bigger organization, obviously that's going to be much more challenging. And that's where in those larger organizations, there's actually somebody who is responsible for being that, like I said, voice of, voice of the customer. That's where everything has to start. And then anything that you're doing, whether it's a campaign, some kind of a sales strategy, it's your, your um, onboarding process for a new customer, You've got to look at it through the lens of that customer, and that's where that's really where enablement is going to be most effective. Absolutely. Well, sage advice from Jen Spencer joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. She's the VP of Sales and Marketing at Sparkbug Media and has spent a ton of time in the B two B space, getting a lot of uh, getting a lot of experience and insights on both the sales and the marketing side. We got to take a quick break here, pay some bills. We'll be back with a lot more with Jen Spencer. We're going to talk more about revenue enablement. We're going to talk about girls in tech. We're going to talk about Scotch. We're going to talk about te- twin teenage boys. All of the above before the top of the hour. This is Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And Amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. 
All right, back to uh, Matt Hines, who definitely has my ears perked when he says you can talk about girls in tech and scotch. That just that just sounds too exotic here. I don't know if I and can. And twin teenage boys, wow. which I don't think is physically I, I, well, it's probably physically possible. I don't know. I, I've got I've got. I don't know you handle that. Different ages. Just, yeah. I just don't. Know. I, I need advice. This I don't know how you handle saying. any of those things, but you probably need scotch to handle all those things. Yeah. No, these things are very clearly there. I, I imagine these things are related. We're going to find out here shortly. Well, thanks again for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. Hope you're enjoying our conversation today with Jen Spencer, uh, covering a variety of topics related to B2B sales and marketing and not. Uh, if you if you like what you hear, you're going to love some of our future episodes as we head into January, the rest of January into 2018. Got some great guests lined up. Next week, we're going to have Alex Terry. He's the CEO of Conversico. We're going to be talking about the power of AI uh, in sales specifically and what AI and machine learning are doing to create greater efficiency in the sales organization. We're, following week, we're going to have Lauren Patrick. She is Her title is Chief Storyteller for a top company called Terminus in Atlanta. We're going to talk about the power and impact of storytelling in B2B and how important it is at every stage of the buying journey. Lots of great guests coming up uh, in future episodes. We're going to have a great, great start to the year for Sales Pipeline Radio. We want to get back to talking to Jen, and, and I guess maybe let's start, Jen. Is is the is the scotch related to, to managing twin teenage boys? I mean, is there a connection there? Are those are those are those separate? I just uh, I think Paul made a good point there, but uh, maybe talk a little bit about one or the other or both. <laughs> You know, my boys are they're pretty darn good. No, I, I blame my parents and my my I guess step grandfather for for my scotch addiction. So I blame my parents because when I was an infant and I was teething, apparently they would take a Q-tip and dip it in scotch and put it on my gums <laughs> to numb my 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 gums. So I do believe that this is that, that my parents have been grooming me for uh, my love of scotch for quite a while. And then uh, when I was in college, I used to have dinner about once a week with my with my step my stepmom's sister, so my my aunt. Uh, but and they're they're Italian, and uh, her their father, um, he's you know was was Italian, and, and he, we had amazing dinners. And and but every night before we had dinner, we he would always drink scotch, scotch and water, scotch and soda. And so mm-hmm. an old man taught me how to drink. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Yeah, no, we got uh, Paul. Paul literally has a bottle of Glenlivet Twelve Year in his studio uh, producing us. I I can tell there's some days when I think he's already dipped into it already. By the time we uh, get to get to our 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 our, uh, our show here on Sales Pipeline uh, Radio on a Lead Management Network, but um, hey, nothing nothing like a good a good scotch. And I think on your bio, I love that you write that you're a mother of twin teenage boys, which means there's likely a lone dirty sock in every room of the house. And our kids are younger; they're eight, six, and four. But uh, no, I I feel that it's it's a combination of lonely, dirty socks and Legos that you find everywhere uh, around the house. Before we get right back to a few more questions on B two B sales and marketing, I do want to give you a chance to talk about uh, girls in tech. Uh, you are on the board of the Phoenix chapter of Girls in Tech. Talk a little about what that group is and and why that's important to you. Oh, I'd love to. So, um, so Girls in Tech, we're a global nonprofit, and the focus of the organization is on engagement, education, and empowerment of girls and women who are passionate about technology. And um, the, there are chapters all across the world that we have one in Phoenix specifically. So we serve um, two different segments. So one would be girls ages you know, 10 to 17 who have shown an interest in, um, in technology and want to explore 
explore that uh, and, and learn more. And then we also focus more on professionals who, professional women who are already either active in a, a technology role or working in a technology, you know, related industry or would like to. So what I, what I love about Girls in Tech Phoenix and, and why I joined is I, I, I really hate when there's just a lot of complaining and there's not a lot of doing. I'm a, I'm a doer. So what I love about our mission as a chapter specifically is we're looking to move the needle, right? We're looking to say, okay, how many um, technology-focused jobs were, um, were held by females um, in, you know, 2016? And what can we do to change that number to make an impact in 2018, in 2020, and, and so on? And how can we use our own community to, to help? So that's what we're really focused on, and, and I um, co-chair the, the marketing committee for that. I love it. I love it. Thanks very much. Where can people learn more about Girls in Tech if they want to learn more, you know, about the program overall as well as in their market? Girlsintech.org. Perfect. Awesome. Well, uh, it's a great conversation today on many fronts with Jen Spencer. She's the VP of Sales and Marketing at Smart Bug Media. Uh, Jen, I mean, you, you've been in B2B marketing for quite a while, worked in a number of different organizations. You know, it, what, are, what are the things that you, whether it's with Girls in Tech or with others that you talk to that are sort of starting their career in B2B, what are the things that you wish you knew when you were getting started? What are the things that you would recommend uh, people early in their career focus on or pay attention to? So I, I didn't have a traditional a kind of career advancement of being that, like, I, I got a business degree or a marketing degree and, and then got right into marketing. I actually started my career as a high school English and theater arts teacher, um, which I, I swear I use that. I, I use those skills every day. And then transitioned into marketing via none other than uh, nonprofit professional theater. So... <laughs> I, um, I was running sales and marketing for a professional theater company, and, um, and that was an amazing opportunity for me to learn. Uh, and, it, there, you know, there wasn't a lot of money, and I was extremely underpaid, you know, but, but by all means. But um, there's always a lot of work to learn. There's, there are people who are willing to teach you. It's a lot of sink or swim. And, and I built up my, my skill base. So my advice would be, regardless of what industry you're in, you know, wherever you are, or when you're, especially when you're early in your career, think less about your salary. Think more about where do I have the opportunity to grow, not just where can I grow within this company, because people don't just work for the same company for 20 years anymore, right? So right. think about what skills can I add? To my own repertoire, how can I, you know, play and tinker and 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 grow myself and figure out kind of what I want to be when I grow up, and and I just take that approach into any job I take to, to the point of I'm still trying to figure out what the heck I want to be when I grow up. But I, but I think it's 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 done really well for me by doing that. So last question before we let you go. Uh, we know you're crazy busy. I really appreciate you taking time to join us on Sales Pipeline Radio today. Who are some of the specific people that you've learned from? They can be, you know, people in your career, mentors. They can be people that you've read. Uh, we hear Zig Ziglar, for example, quite a bit in this answer. But, uh, you know, who are some of the people that would be on your Mount Rushmore of sales, so to speak, uh, that, that you would recommend other people uh, might pay attention to as well? Oh, man. Okay, so I think 
from a overall sales management perspective, I think that anything that Mark Robert says is just mm-hmm. beautiful um, and has really helped me as I've worked on building out teams from scratch. So, so he's been, he's been phenomenal. Um, I've got to do like a hat tip to my own, uh, founder and CEO of Smartbug, Ryan Malone. I, I've known him for about four years. I knew him before I came work, to work here. Uh, and I think uh, he's been, you know, just an exceptional leader in really focusing on the bigger picture of what you're looking to, looking to achieve. So he's taught me to focus less on maybe a very specific minute metric in a vacuum and looking at things from, from, from above and looking at bigger goals. Um, and then um, this is more definitely more marketing focused, but the person who has my ear right now uh, is Jay Akundo, um and his podcast, uh, Unthinkable, which every time I listen to it makes me want to be, uh, be better at what I do. So those are, those are the three I got for you. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I want to thank Jen Spencer for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio today. If you want to learn more about Jen, I encourage you to check her out at LinkedIn. She's at linkedin.com slash in slash Jen Spencer. Join us next week as we go in another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. As always, we will continue to have great guests uh, related to sales and marketing best practices. You can check out all future past and present episodes at salespipelineradio.com. We are running out of time for my great producer, Paul. This is Matt Hines. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week. Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been flying high on the Sales Pipeline Radio. One of the many shows brought to you on the Funnel Radio Network for at-work listeners like you.